welcome to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. And please rate and review the show. Reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360. Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, William Lou. I'm joined by producer and co-host, Alex Wong. Happy uh, Jay's home opener day no man that's next tuesday that's not that's not today no no why so am i seeing so many people at the Rogers lots of Center? media members are there for uh, a media event today because they're you, they're unveiling you. all the you've heard about the renovations yes i have you've heard about sure, the new yes. the new bars the new restaurants and all of that so uh pretty much every prominent media member in in toronto um is is down there that's, today that's why i thought it was home open you know yeah, this, yeah, honestly no, this, is, good. this is how you know mlsc does not give us the talking points of the show <laughs> because they would not have given us this i'm sorry ed rogers i'm sorry uh rogers. no it's all good it's all good um but yeah the home opener is next tuesday but we're here to, to talk you. about the toronto raptors mm. uh do we have to losing i mean we don't have to no you know we me. have to we have to man. you know me it's the name um, of the show oh, okay the toronto raptors lost to the shorthanded boston celtics yesterday celtics were without jason tatum marcus smart al horford mm. and peyton pritchard uh, a little old school score, you know, 97, 93. Haven't seen one of those in a while. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, no, this is a prime uh, uh, John Havlicek running uh, <laughs> yeah, dribble handoffs. Should have broadcast uh, that game in black and white. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, typical, typical Raptors road game. They were trailing, you know, Pascal led them on a run there in the third quarter. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm, you know, Raptors mm-hmm. fought back. The game was tied at 82 there in the fourth quarter. And Man. then Malcolm Brogdon yep. took over. Brad Pascal didn't deliver in crunch time. And the Raptors, again, let another winnable game in the fourth quarter slip away on the road. And they fall to 14 and 26 on the road, 40 and 40 at home. Mm. And based on all the results yesterday, uh, most likely they will be in the 9-10 game next Wednesday at Scotiabank Arena against the Chicago Bulls. So that's that's where we're at, Will. Yeah, yeah. No, yesterday's result was like as close to the, the worst possible you can have sort mm. of across the board. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that that's probably as as bad as the Celtics will ever play. Mm. Like, with all due respect to that team, like you know, um, that they put out there last night, like they did not make the most of their opportunities. Lots of guys had open threes and didn't knock those down. They shot ten of eighteen from free throws, which was also highly uncharacteristic for a team that is excellent on free throws. They turned the ball over a decent amount. Obviously, the Raptors played good defense to cause that, and I thought, you know, in particular, OJ Anobi's defense on Jalen Brown was was really good. Watching it back on the film, um, you know, he really was able to disrupt them a lot of the time and, um, you know, catch them by surprise. I do wonder if they match up again, if Jalen Brown plays again on Friday, because, again, the Celtics have very little to play for. They're pretty much locked into two here now. Yeah, so the top three seeds in the in the East are now set. Okay, yeah, perfect. So Milwaukee, so, Boston, Philly, that's set. Now. So they probably will just, like, Rest yeah. everybody, or maybe they won't. Who knows? Man, maybe they just play one more game, right? You, mm-hmm. you never really know. Um, but I thought OG did good things to Jalen Brown to disrupt him. Jalen Brown had a very inefficient shooting night, um, you know, 10 of 29. But I mean, at the same time, like the Raptors had just no way to to punish them. It, it was it was wild just to see the Raptors offensively. Um, I guess it's not that much of a surprise because we've seen it, but just to see them come up empty so many opportunities, it really even didn't matter how great defensively the Celtics would play because the Raptors just wouldn't capitalize on open looks. And of course you have to start with Fred Van Vliet, who obviously has been, you know, a topic of discussion for a lot of the season. Yes. His play has evened out with Jakob Pertl in the, in the lineup. But last night, this was very similar to the start of the season. 
right? Mm. Two of 14 from the field, one of 12 from three. You can say, okay, well, he he had a last second heave to end the second quarter, last second heave to end the third quarter, last second heave to end the fourth quarter. Fine, you take out those three, right? Those are shots you have to take, whatever. One of nine is still awful. And if he made one or two more threes, this could have been very different. And and I, I just, you know, I would love to be able to just search through all the episodes of the Raptor show mm. and, and look through the where I have said some variation of if Fred had made one or two threes, instead of going like one of nine or one of 10 or one of 11, mm-hmm. right? And these are all things that have happened this year. This game would have been different. The season would have been different. You probably would have been in a different spot. This game reminded me of the Sixers game that they lost when Pascal, you know, brought them to overtime. Mm-hmm. They had two wide open looks for Fred in that game. Very similar box score. This game reminds me of when they played against the Milwaukee Bucks in December. Mm-hmm. And of course that game, they shot two of 30 to start from the field. <laughs> And, you know, but whatever, like Fred was part of that huge amount of inefficiency and the Raptors couldn't make enough shots at the end. In fact, it was Scotty taking over and also Gary, you know, exploding there at the last second there to force overtime where they lost. Like this was the edge that just wasn't there for them. And again, I, I highlighted this on, on the, uh, the reaction podcast, but I just can't believe that between 37 minutes from Fred, 16 minutes from Gary, 14 minutes from Will uh, Barton, those are your three guards that you played in the rotation last night they combined for seven points in 67 minutes and obviously the majority of that is fred but to get no bench depth either is just like is, is just kind of unbelievable like the raptors didn't need that much more to beat the celtics last night the celtics were almost begging for you to take the game they rested jason tatum who was sitting on the sideline in a white t-shirt eating popcorn this guy was straight chilling man that's that looked like me and you in the in the media room okay all right, so he was chilling. Al Horford obviously is chilling. He's not playing back-to-backs. No need to do that for him. And they replaced him in the starting group with Sam Hauser and Mike Muscala. Now, Mike Muscala hit a three late, um, but of course he was getting left open the whole time. But, I mean, like, you got 15 combined points from those guys in the starting group. This is as good as you can possibly expect for from Toronto, and they just didn't take that opportunity. So, yeah, I, I think it's disappointing. It's disappointing. And, and the only thing I would say is at least Fred said after the game, this one's on me. It's not the first time he said that. We've seen him say that multiple times this season. But, like, eventually it's like how many of these can be on one guy until it's like, you know, the season is where it is, right? Yeah, and he also – so he hurt his thumb during the game, right? And then yeah, he jammed it. Up. He, he jammed his left thumb mm-hmm. um, just on a kind of a nothing play. Blake Griffin came to set the screen. I think he was just trying to get around the screen. Mm. And it wasn't even like Blake was, like, into him or anything like that, but Fred just kind of had his arm out. And it just got caught in the jersey. It happens. Like, anyone who's played, like, basketball, soccer, like, it, it happens fairly often. But – you know, of course, I'm sure that affected his shot to some degree. Um, but again, like the results are what the results are. <clears throat> no, like you said, you know, you don't even need to search through all the all the Raptor show episodes. Like mm-hmm. you were here saying yesterday that the Raptors are going to need to hit <laughs> oh, 10 yeah. threes, that they're going to need yeah. to, you know, all the things that mm-hmm. we've talked about mm-hmm. throughout the season. And, you know, I don't think it was any surprise. Like you mentioned, six of 33 from three last night. Mm. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. came back and went scoreless in 16 minutes and again you can roll the tape to yesterday you know you expressed some concern about how every time gary comes back from from an injury there's been some rust Mm. um in terms of him getting back into the flow and i think you saw that yesterday as well will barton uh had a great game earlier this week and went scoreless yesterday in 14 minutes and and add malcolm brogdon who had 29 points yesterday to the list of guys who have outscored uh the entire raptors bench over the past couple seasons the raptors bench at 18 total We've been tracking this stat for two years now. Is that on the bingo card? 
It's not on the bingo. We might. We it might be on the bingo. We card. might bring in a special one-game play-in tournament bingo card ah. for, the, for the Bulls and Raptors Got next you. week. Got you. And the middle, the middle circle might be paid six, seven hundred dollars to watch them because I don't know if you saw tickets went on sale today. Oh uh, yeah, a pre-sale, pre-sale for the play-in. Yeah, yeah. for the play-in, and, and I saw some screenshots on, on Ticketmaster that the uh, level one hundred seats are like six hundred ninety-two dollars. Is that uh, including fees, <laughs> taxes? It's actually, I, I believe it's not including ah, taxes and fees. All right, maybe they should schedule the play-in tournament like, in that might Charlotte. Be like seven fifty at that point. <laughs> yeah, so just come to ten live events that we do. Um, that's, but that's more than ten, man. That's, no, but you get your money's worth on no, the live but, event. No, but but listen, I, I think. The, the main point mm. that you made, and I think you made it clear on, on the React pod too, is we've seen this over and over again this season. And we've yeah. seen this over yeah. and over again on the road. Like I was actually looking last night at the Raptors and the games that they've played on the road since January. And I was trying to find the last time that they had just an impressive uh, road win because the wins that they've gotten on the okay. road most okay. recently in order. So the two wins in Charlotte. Obviously, most recently. Sure, yeah. Before that, they split in Washington. So they got one oh, in yeah, Washington. Right, right. That was before that oh. they won in Detroit. And then before that, you'd have to go back to that critical road trip before the trade deadline where mm. they beat Memphis. Uh, Memphis was shorthanded. No jaw, no yeah. Steven Adams, yeah, and no they, and Scotty Barnes. Brooks. Scotty Barnes helped uh, pull that out at the end. Oh, Scotty was, was, was great a, in that one. Yeah, it was a fourth quarter. Um, you know, that was an impressive fourth quarter for them, but again against a shorthanded team. And then before that, Houston, Portland. Like these are teams that obviously are not in, in, in the playoff race. So you'd have to go back to January 25th. Um, one of your favorite games of the season when they beat Sacramento to say that they had, that a, to, to say that they had an impressive role win. And I think even more concerning too, you talk about the trend of them giving away leads in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. playing games close. So if you go back just within the last like two months, so the Philly game last week, Right. Sixers shoot 77% in the first half. Mm-hmm. Raptors trail by 24. They pull within two in the fourth and then they lose by seven. At Milwaukee, recently they led heading into the fourth. Brooke Lopez scores the first eight points in the fourth. They make a 15 2 run. They end up winning by seven. Playing against the Lakers, they were up heading into the fourth. Lakers score 37 points in the fourth and win by 10. At Denver, there's a Scott Foster game. Raptors again led heading into the fourth. Nuggets outscore them 35 25 in the mm-hmm. fourth. They win mm-hmm. by five. And then Utah, they were leading into heading into the fourth, and the Jazz scored 39 on them. I would score them by 19 in the fourth, and they win by six. And then I went to my favorite, you know, I, I did a little net ratings check. Wow, look at this research since, from Alex, man. Since February 1st, so if you, only, if you isolate only road games for the Raptors in, uh, in clutch time, so everybody knows, I think, clutch time defined by last five minutes, a game within five points, right? Yep, yep. The Raptors have a minus 23.5 net rating. On the road in clutch time. <laughs> it feels like it, yeah. Since February 1st. Yeah, it passes the eye test because we have sure. seen this over and over again. The Raptors fight and claw after a slow start, get back into the game, and then ultimately lose it in the fourth. And that was exact script last night. Yeah. Um, that's a great recap, first and foremost. I mean, there was such a degree of predictability to sort of what the Raptors were doing in the fourth quarter offensively, mm-hmm. especially down the stretch there. Because like, as you mentioned, like the Raptors were able to tie it at one point. Um, but... And and it wasn't even like the Celtics were humming on offense, right? I didn't think Jalen Brown could really get his against OG, which is a testament to OG. Like, not a lot of guys can make a guy like Jalen Brown struggle on offense. Um, and I, I didn't think that um, even when the Celtics were left open, for the most part, they weren't really knocking those down. Eventually, that did hurt the Raptors. But the Raptors actually even won the fourth quarter in this scenario, four, 21 to, to 18. But they didn't really feel like they won anything last night. When you <laughs> no. think about the offense that was down the stretch. And to be honest, like, 
man, three of those three threes for Fred that were missed out of the 11 missed threes for Fred were in the fourth quarter, down the stretch there, including one where this one is seared into my mind. The Raptors are down five. Pascal has the ball, draws a double team, which he's done his job, makes the right pass out to Fred in rhythm, wide open on the wing, and he misses it. And instead of cutting that to two points with under a minute left and setting your defense, instead Boston gets to run off the rebound. Jalen Brown is a terror in transition. Uh, and Precious is just a little bit late with the chase down block. That ended up being a goal 10. So that goes from a what should have been a two-point game to now a seven-point game, and the game is over. You got to do better, fam. Yeah, you really do. You really do, right? And, of course, that's where Fred is saying after the game, like, I got to take accountability for this. But, you know, that's where the Raptors struggle. It's not – I mean, it's not <sighs> – it's it's not that surprising to see the Raptors, you know, shoot in this fashion, right? I mean, even without Gary in the group, they were able to win, but it's not like they won it based on their three-point shooting. And so much of the league nowadays is based on three-point shooting. And and we've highlighted this many times, but the Raptors really only have three guys that are above-average three-point shooters. It's Fred, it's it's OG, and it's Gary. And none of those three guys are having a career year with, with, with their shooting. In fact, they're probably lower percentage-wise than on their career. I know Fred is for sure, and Gary's not having a good three-point shooting this season either um and you know I, I think that's one aspect of it but i also do think the other aspect of this okay so yes you missed some shots but are there other ways to get better shots right because you have to think that you know what no matter what like obviously three-point shooting is an aspect of the game but like can you create shots elsewhere and, and i thought you know even post game hearing this from nick I, it, it wasn't great because he talked about how you know look it, it's the Raptors had a lot of shots rim out and the Celtics had a lot of shots rim in. And and to me, it was just like, this sounded like Dwayne Casey saying it's a make or miss league, Doug. Here's the clip. Let's run the clip. Jeez. The in and out score was 18 to two tonight. They had a bunch of eight, they had a bunch of them go in and go back in and we had a bunch of them pop out on the in and out score. So didn't bounce our way. Have you heard a coach talk about the in and out score? No, first of all, you know, with the, with the Bulls and Raptors likely playing, next week and you know stefano of, of, of sporting news uh put put out some stats today about the two teams so they're both in the bottom five the bulls and the raptors mm. in, in three-point makes mm-hmm. we're gonna need a in and out sponsorship uh for for that, that, <laughs> for that wednesday that's game. what american Cause, does cause they're not even no in and outs in we, toronto we about i don't to think see, so we're about to see some uh, lots of in and outs next uh next wednesday Jeez, at scotia bank but we're talking I'll, about in and out score where do i where do in i find game, that stat? game 79 I, of the season where do i find the in and out stats? listen um, no, I don't want to be having this conversation in like game 80 of the season. I'm not going to lie. Like, and I, I was so, I, just, I, I wanted to hear like an explanation yeah. for the game. Yeah. Or Set at least the scene some though. You were on your scooter as well. You, know, you were listening okay, to this fine. on the scooter. Yeah, so typically yeah. I would listen to the post games the night of. Last yeah. night I was just like, I'm going to do the react pod and go to, and just, just do something else. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, I was yeah, trying to, you know, self-care, self-care, self-care. Right? Exactly. Right. Self-care. Um, I'm coming to work and I'm like, all right, what, what can I throw on? I can either throw on the, the Draymond Green podcast with Pascal Siakam, mm. which would have been the right decision, but I was like, nah, let me let me do, let me do my job. I'll listen, let's listen to the post game press conference. Mm. And five minutes in, I'm hearing Nick Nurse talk about the in and out score, and I was like, man, <laughs> emotional damage. No, legit, it was the the, the in and out score, man. That that's that's another way of saying make or miss league, Doug. That's for sure. Well, I Ooh. just I just think you man. cannot you cannot pin this given what we've seen this season and given what we've seen with the makeup of the roster. Yeah, yeah. like this no, is not I, I, this is not a make or miss situation. The no, Raptors it's a, just it's don't a miss, have shooters. It's it's a make or miss 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 situation because <laughs> no, they miss seventy five percent of the time. No, the Raptors just don't have shooters, and and I also don't want to hear about that last night was the second half of a back to back and all uh-huh. that because 
I heard yesterday, uh, the day before, that the Raptors only had one starter play more than 30 minutes in Charlotte, in that second game in Charlotte. So they were pretty well rested. And to be honest, those Charlotte games were not stressful at all. So, like, there's no excuses for yeah, anything agree. that happened last night. Like, and like you mentioned, the Celtics, like, opened the door for the Raptors to just take this game. Mm-hmm. Celtics, honestly, I don't think care too much about winning this game. I mean, honestly, no. obviously, when you're on the court, you're playing to win. But it's like, Bro, this was not a must-win situation for them. They had Jason Tatum on the sideline eating popcorn in a yeah. white t-shirt like you know what i mean and yeah. white t-shirts important because you know how much effort players put into the games about the outfits and oh everything. that's right yeah, this yeah man literally just put on an undershirt and just sat on the bench <laughs> and ate popcorn that's how chill they were no the whole season they don't care about matching up potentially with the raptors and the playing we're no not, no they no. don't feel like we're a tough out they don't even think we're a tough out they just think we're just an out period no no straight up and, and i think that's the most frustrating part because you know if you want to put importance on these games w- with the playoff seating you know the raptors didn't show up again and I think over and over again, they've they've shown that they play to a particular level of competition and they're not able to play higher than that. So yeah, even, no, against, I mean, the, even against a half of a, or whatever, three quarters of a Celtics team, you know, that Celtics team with their whatever institutional, you know, knowledge and chemistry and all that stuff, it was mm-hmm. better better than what the Raptors could put out Look, yesterday. Fully healthy, who will the Celtics start, right? They start Marcus Smart at point guard. Yep. Jalen Brown at two, Tatum mm-hmm. at three, yeah. uh, Al, Horda, uh, Al Horford at so four. So they're missing three and starters. Robert yesterday. Williams at five. Yeah, they were missing three starters yesterday. They were missing three yeah. starters. But what that would typically mean is that Malcolm Brogdon and, and, and Derek White will come off the bench. Man, what a luxury, man. What an incredible luxury. Meanwhile, we got Jeff Down waiting on the bench for a contract. We got Jeff Down. Like, they, they panned over to him in the broadcast last night. <laughs> he was just pouting. And, oh, yeah. and I don't think he was pouting because he was upset about the contract, but it was just no. so funny. They're talking about how, you know, they got Bobby's going to fly to Boston just to talk about Jeff Down's contract. Right. Like, can't that be a phone call? Again, that could be a Zoom call. Yeah, that could be a Zoom. You know, that didn't necessarily Microsoft need, Teams. That could know? be a DocuSign. You know what I yeah, mean? Could like, be a DocuSign. Let's save the environment. We need to make that play. <laughs> That, that flight um but like again that is the huge difference and i think you know it's instructive to look at the celtics obviously because mm-hmm. they've been a really successful team building model mm-hmm. right but not too long ago last season they were in this a, a, a similar spot where obviously they had more talent there's no denying that tatum and brown are more talented than whoever the raptors top two are right but they were also 500 they're also underperforming they're also like locker room stuff people talking about each other all this other stuff now what have they done since turning turning that around right obviously mm-hmm. they've developed a couple guys Right, Robert Williams is definitely developed, and when he's healthy, he's an impact maker out, out out there. But they've also made a point to make additions. Right, they traded was they traded a first round pick to San Antonio as well, but they got Derek White. Derek White's really good. Yeah, that's really a really good six best, man, shot, best shot blocking guard. I think in the they league. got two six man of the year candidate. I, I think Derek White has started a lot. They, they got to make a seventh man of the league for Malcolm Brogdon because he's he's <laughs> the seventh. Meanwhile, man of the we're league. trying to find seven for next Wednesday, right. man. Then in the oh, offseason, of course, you know, obviously Brogdon even talked about it. He's like, well, Toronto was also interested in me, but I wanted to go for a championship. Mm. Obviously, Boston's closer. Clearly, he was right. Made right? the right call. But they've they've reloaded with those type of players. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, they've added even more shooting to a team that already was pretty good on shooting, mm. right? And l- even like Muscala, for example. Like, uh, like, I'm not really crying about Mike Muscala, but he instantly our best shooting big. <laughs> There's no doubt about that, yeah. right? So oh, they've damn. added more shooting. They've mm-hmm. added more guard depth. And obviously their main guys, their their main talents have, you know, made a step two, but they've increased the overall scope of the team. And I think for the Raptors, when you look back on, you know, their timeline as well, yes, they've added Jakob Pertl, which I think is is, is, a, is a good addition, right? I think it, it fits with the roster. I don't know why he only played 23 minutes last night, even though he was a plus 10. Yeah, I was actually, I was going to actually ask you about that because Precious did close the game. Yeah. Um, what did you think about that? that decision of Nick going with Precious down the stretch? Uh, 
I mean, Precious was playing well mm-hmm. on one hand. Um, I, I do think that um, Yak could have played with a little bit more energy. Okay. Right? I, I do think those are two areas where Precious outplayed him. Um, but at the same time, I do think that, um, you know, there are definitely, there's got to be ways to find ways to put your five best players on the court. Last night would have been an example. Where I wouldn't even mind if both of those guys on the floor at the same time. Mm. Who do right? you sit in that scenario then? Uh, I don't see why Christian Coloco had to play six okay. minutes last night. Okay. Um, and that was largely what the bench group, I think that was the first six minutes of the second quarter mm. where the Raptors bench wasn't scoring well. Obviously, when Gary and Will Barton give you zero points combined, mm-hmm. um, that's going to really struggle, right? But, like, at least the Celtics weren't scoring either. And and I would credit Coloco a little bit. He had a couple of good shot contests, no doubt. But we know he's a zero on offense right now, especially mm-hmm. against this team in, in Boston. And then after about three minutes, I'm like, okay, the Raptors are only down, like, two, three points. Like, we survived. Let's bring in the starters. No, the starters are sitting there on the sideline, mm. right? Just waiting to check in. And Nick's like, <laughs> I'm going to wait for a stop and play. There's no mechanism for me to stop a play in the middle of a game, right? I got to save my timeouts. By the way, you know what the Raptors had at the end of the game? Two timeouts left. And they, and they get a, a, a no, nothing out of that final play where they were down four. So whatever they had, a t- turns out they had a timeout to give, but regardless, even if you put that aside, cause that's hindsight, you had them play six minutes with that group and you let mm. the bench who were okay in terms of keeping it steady, to then letting the Celtics get up 12 before Nick finally called timeout, got the guys in. And that's what created the separation. From that point on where the Raptors were consistently down for a lot of it, eventually they had to come back to tie for like literally 10 seconds before Malcolm Brogdon pulled up for three and put them back up. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. But my point is, yeah, you can yeah, bring so Yak yeah. in. You just, I, I think there's other ways where, obviously this is aside from the coaching itself, which we can talk about. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, the Celtics have done a great job of replenishing that group and adding exactly yes. the kind of pieces that you need to make them competitive. Mm-hmm. And, and not just competitive, but competitive at the highest levels. And I think the one thing I, I really am the most envious about watching the Celtics mm-hmm. is the the high IQ players they have coming off. Like whoever comes in, they're they're smart players. Mm-hmm. They consistently make the right plays. They And they make plays from positions where they might even aren't ahead, right? Like you saw last night, the amount of loose balls that the Celtics got to. Right. Um, the amount of times where they were in an outside position and they were still able to chase down the ball. The, the amount of times guys are able to sort of play, obviously, straight up man to man defense, you know, make every shot tough for the Raptors, which they did a great job of. But also help playing help defense at timely moments to block a guy like OG at the rim or to throw off, you know, a play here or there. And, you know, it's my overall impression is just like they play solid. They have obviously shooting they have talent. And even a game where, you know, nothing is going right for the Celtics and they have a lot of guys out, they're still able to come out and, and, and just, you know, hold on to a win here. So, yeah, I, I hate this. You know, you know, you know me. I really dislike the Celtics personally. On a personal fan level, I dislike the Celtics yeah, ever since Kevin Garnett got on all fours and taunted Jose Calderon. That long. I'm still not over that. Or when Paul Pierce just, like, you know, uh, did the Draymond Green kick to, 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 to Chris Bosh on a dunk. Oh, man. So I've disliked these are, this franchise. These are core memories. These are core memories. I'm, yeah. I have a core memory of Eddie House in, in game 82 of the season dropping 30-plus points on the Raptors in like 2008 uh, or something like that. But you have to give them props. They have built the team the right way, and mm-hmm. you see the difference in quality in a game like last night. Yeah, man. Show us a, show us a Mike Muscala. Luke, Luke Cornet, a little sky hook on us too, I think, in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah. my God. I must have blacked out for that one. I was waiting for, him to, I was waiting for Luke Cornet to do the jump block. You know how he does that jump yeah, yeah, block yeah, thing? Yeah. But he was like, I'm just going to let these guys miss their threes. Well, I even him. I really, yeah. No, honestly, though. Even him. Like, yo, he was, even even yeah. a player like a Blake Griffin um like has a role to play there like not mm-hmm. a huge role but i think i think the point that you highlighted is is one of the one of the major glaring flaws with the the raptors this season 
is the significant drop off when you go from the starters to the bench, right? Like we've seen oh, yeah, this yeah. over and over again and on, on really good teams. And we've seen some really good teams here in Toronto very recently. Mm, sure. You don't see those drop offs and, and, and for, for, for the coaches to have to manage that every night is tough too. Absolutely. Cause no, you I don't, you don't know what you're getting. And, and, and we thinking ahead now to like the Raptors being in this, you know, one game must win scenario. Mm-hmm. It'll, that's going to be, I think one of the most fascinating subplots is to, is to see how Nick handles those, rotations and minutes right when when it comes comes to next week because yeah well i mean here's the thing too obviously because the raptors play the celtics again on friday Mm. i was thinking about like okay look we could put aside the negativity obviously that wasn't a good performance but Mm. can the raptors somehow perform better in the rematch right and of course everyone's gonna look a little bit silly trying to talk about this and i am recognizing that because of the fact that again all these factors went into it last night and they still didn't win Mm. But, like, what can the Raptors do better? And I do think that for Nick, in the rematch here, he probably needs to think about shuffling the rotation so that he doesn't have his bench versus Boston's bench, right? Here's the thing. Boston missed guys last night, but they were still able to keep their bench rotation intact, mm. right? Because they put Sam Hauser and Muscala in the group. So they essentially promoted third stringers to the first lineup to sort of balance that out. Now, the first lineup didn't do great, but ultimately they held mostly even. Now, that's on the Raptors' starters. They needed to play better against... The, rap, the, the Celtics started us last night. But what they were able to do then is keep their bench going against the Raptors bench and their bench towards the Raptors bench. And, of course, there's differences there in terms of quality. Malcolm Brogdon, obviously, like, for example, the Raptors don't have a guy coming off the bench who can run the offense or, like, really create the offense. They have guys who can finish. They have guys who can pick up the scraps in terms of offensive rebounding and runouts. They don't have a guy who can create offense. Even when they play in the second unit, they just ask a starter to, to, to create all the offense for the second unit, right? So it's like Scotty will create offense for the second unit or OG will create offense for the second unit or Fred or, or Pascal. Like these are the four guys that just essentially escalate their usage with that bench. The Celtics don't necessarily have to do that. It's not like they go to the bench and they're like, all right, Grant Williams, now you're running the show, right? They never say that. Or like Blake Griffin, you're running the show. They give it to a guy like Brogdon who can actually do that though and really sort of extend that group. So I'm thinking, I think Nick definitely needs to shuffle the rotation so that he doesn't play out his bench unit as much as he did last time. And I also do think that for the starting group, like, you know, you have to find ways to get your guys a little bit more open on some of these possessions because the Celtics, not only do they do a great job of defending one-on-one, but they also do a great job of switching and even providing timely help. So I think there are opportunities to look at the film, look at a couple of things that they did, you know, they have Robert Williams on OG for a lot of those possessions as well, right? Are there ways to capitalize on that? That should be some advantage to be created there with the center guarding a wing. Um, again, these are the things that, you know, the coaching staff and the players need to be working on tonight in practice and also tomorrow, um, you know, when they play the Celtics again, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I think to the other thing. So like we mentioned up top, so the Raptors have clinched uh, the, the ninth spot. Like they can't fall down to 10th. Oh, thank goodness. And, um, oh, thank goodness. Yeah, I was so, worried about so the no, ninth spot. No wow. balloons. No balloons. No balloons. Still. All right. Yeah, yeah. Can't access that budget at the moment. Um, but they, they st- okay, so the outside chance for them to get to eighth is like Atlanta has to lose their last two games. That's not happening. And the Raptors have to win. Uh, the, don't they play, don't they play Detroit tomorrow? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But pretty much they're locking the ninth because then I guess the other question that goes to me is like, you know, since these games are essentially, you know, meaningless now, you know, is there is there any benefit to to sit some of the guys out and get them ready for for next Wednesday? Because I'm just thinking what? about no, but I'm just thinking about like Fred hurting his thumb yesterday. I seen like Scotty grabbing at you know different various limbs mm. um, on, on different possessions. We know OG's just coming back from from that ankle sprain, so maybe not for tomorrow's game. But I'm thinking for Sunday's game, if that game is completely meaningless. I wonder if the starters just play like the first quarter or something and then they just sit. 
because there's really no point in playing them at that point, right? I suppose, but I also do feel kind of weird about resting guys um, who are still trying to play for something. Like, if your positioning is locked, like, we've seen this no, in the no, Raptors that's what I'm in saying. If, if your positioning is locked by Sunday, if they're locked into the ninth. No, nah, man, I want to at least see a good win against the Nassas. I don't care. <laughs> you don't I, honestly, care if they I don't suffered care. injury no, in game 82? You know what? I'm doing Casey in this situation. I don't care. Fred, go chase over that screen against Bam Adebayo. Oh, God. Uh, the Hawks, by the way, play the Sixers tomorrow. My bad. That's, that is very okay. much not the, 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 the Pistons. Well, but Sixers might not be, might be resting, too, because they're locked into the seating. Sure. Basically, most yeah. of the seating is locked in at this point. So, might be a lot of meaningless games. But no, no, I, I honestly not not to be like a, you know, strict Asian dad, which I feel like is is my my overall vibe. No, in, this in sounds life. very strict, though. Uh, but but you guys have not earned the, the right to rest game <laughs> right. 82, man. Let's I'm hope, sorry, let's man. Asian dad. Let's, no, hope, no, no, let's no. hope no one gets hurt. Let's hope no one gets hurt driving in on Thanasis uh, and whoever else. Chairman Lou. Um, lastly, so you 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 did briefly mention this with Jeff Downton. So mm, uh, right. yesterday, you know, uh, you know, Nick mentioned that. Bobby Webster, general manager, was going to fly in today and they were going to discuss Jeff Downton's two-way contract situation. And uh, Michael Grange did just report as well that barring any last-minute reversals, that the sense that he's getting is that Jeff Downton will not be getting his two-way contract converted. Um, Or at least there's been no momentum towards that happening at this point. And I believe the deadline is 5 p.m. today. Did you tell me Bobby just flew there to say no? (laughs) Is that what you're telling me? Our oh, friend man. of the show, Robert <laughs> Webster, did Robert this? Webster. Things are down bad when we call in a Robert Webster. Wow, trust me. We've heard him call different things in the yeah. last week or so. <laughs> so. We can't stay on the show, man. So there's your uh, Jeff Down watch. Kawhi watch was more fun. So I, I don't understand, though. Why, why do we put him in on a two-way deal in the first place? I don't know. Right? Because you bring in guys. The two-way is structured so that you have a test route. Like, it's a demo mm-hmm. for a player, essentially, mm-hmm. right? And if they can contribute to your program, obviously you're not expecting them to become stars. No one comes becomes a star out of that two-way, at least not yet. Um, but you demonstrate if you can contribute towards the program. And to me, I feel like Jeff has done that. Mm-hmm. And so why not convert him? In fact, I think this roster spot was open. They did cut Wancho, and that right. spot was open. And then decided to go with Will Barton, right? Whose decision was that? Because, like, no offense to Will Barton, he was obviously brought in as some sort of piece to sort of upgrade the roster here. But like, you know, that seems like that was Jeff Down's spot. And they, it feels like they decided even back in, when was that happening? Like February? Maybe like, yeah, probably February. Mm-hmm. That that spot's now going to disappear and we're going to go with him. But the thing is also like, then why did you bring in Joe Wieskamp? And you sign him to a multi-year deal. Of course, one other way. You sign him to a multi-year deal. It's like options stuff like that. They're not really committed to that. But like, still, you brought in Joe Wieskamp under no pressure at all. And and again, like I just don't understand. Jeff has contributed more than Jeff, or, or more than Joe Wieskamp, and more than Will Barton. So now we are just going to do developing with the player who maybe you'd say his upside is limited, but he was able to produce for you in small moments. You don't have actual quality backup guard depth, which we've seen all season and last season. Why is he not getting converted? Yeah, no, I, think, I don't understand this. No, and you can't tell me the Raptors are are afraid to cut a guy. Champagne was cut this year. Mm-hmm. Another guy who was promising and developing and whatever. I mean, it's not like he's caught on anywhere else of significance, although he is in Boston right now. Mm. But the point is, that was a guy that you tried to invest some development reps into. That didn't go anywhere. Um, you you brought in Joe outside of that one game where he hit three threes, and we lost, by the way, to the, to the Timberwolves. Oh, not not Joe's game. fault, but still. He got yeah. the wheezy nickname. Haven't seen him since. Um, you know, you have Will Barton bringing it. Like, 
what are we doing? I thought this is a developmental, developmental organization. Like, there's no, I mean, it's not that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things, but I think, what does it indicate? What does it say to the, to the players that you're going to try to pitch to come to your roster next? Like, hey, come to Toronto because it's a development organization. We'll give you a two-way, and if you do well in your limited minutes, you know, we'll convert you and bring you in on, on a deal. Did that happen with, 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 with Jeff? And maybe they'll say, well, look, listen, we're not going to sign you for this specific year, but as soon as the year is over, you know, when, when, when it comes to summer league or for next year, like we can sign you to a contract in the offseason. You might say, like, look, it's not going to matter in the playing or even in the playoff if Jeff Downs there or not. Maybe you'd have to really have some trust, I think, with the player and the agent in this situation, but I, I just don't understand it. Yeah, no, something something just isn't adding up here. Because I think leading up to this, um, everyone just assumed that his contract was going to be converted. And I know Michael Grange uh, wrote an article yesterday about uh, about this too, and how this might again signal that something is, you know, the front office and, and the coach is is not in line with this. Because, like you mentioned, all the things that you said, like Jeff Down has been part of the rotation, he's been playing, and you would assume a player like that, based on what he's shown, would would you know this would be a no brainer. And for that. For this news to come out that it looks like he's not going to get his contract converted. Just, I don't know. Something's missing here. Something's just feels off about this, you know? It feels like, I mean, again, like that, it feels like the O'Shea Brissett situation. It feels like the Utah situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Utah was another case where I was like, you brought him in on a two way and then he was able to contribute enough for you. Or I think he was in the end of the roster. Maybe it wasn't a two way. I think he was a little bit too old for that. I'm not really sure. But the idea is you bring in a guy late and then you get him some reps and then eventually you keep him around. Like, yeah, uh, uh, okay. Also, what do they want Jeff to do in his minutes, by the way? More than what he did. Like, I'm yeah, not saying he no. did everything perfect, but like he had limited minutes. He came in and played defense, kept the ball moving. Yeah. At a position where it was like, did you trust at the end of the day Jeff Doughton more or Malachi Flynn more? Because clearly, based on the minutes, Jeff Doughton was playing ahead of Malachi. Yeah, I, I think of two. Or Delano, for example. I, I think of two, the Maasai presser after the trade deadline when he talked about how they need to give uh, Malachi and Delano more minutes. And that obviously hasn't happened. I mean, Malachi's got, like, brief stretches where he's played, but... He's gotten minutes in, in third-unit blowout situations. In, in, yeah, in, yeah. in, like, very desperate games when Nick's yeah. just putting him in there for, like, six minutes. Anyways, you mm. know, if it's, if it's not Jeff right. down, then, you know, I don't know, man. Just, just please, find Look, a, f- please find a couple guards this summer. Yeah, I, again, at the end of the day, I'm not saying that, like, this is going to make or break the Raptors season. Mm-hmm. It's not a devastating thing. But to me, it's just, like, I, I, I don't understand when you list out the whole idea of sort of why you do this practice in the first place that you don't sort of see it through to the final but part. Again, and it's not uh, like yeah. the Raptors have a roster of 15 guys. It's like, man, I don't know who, oof, like, who do I cut on this roster? Like, <laughs> it's pretty easy. <laughs> like, this ain't the Boston <laughs> Celtics being like, oh, man, I might have to cut somebody on this roster and all this. No, like, you know, the Raptors have guys. No offense to the guys, but they have guys that they cannot continue to roll with but well i think this goes back to i think this again goes back to like we need to hear from someone in the organization about this just so we don't have to speculate and you know like we have another live show with bobby webster (laughs) but it's like i know why didn't you uh why didn't you convert jeff down i know it's just jeff down jr shows his family but it's like like i don't know if 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 this is a talking point then maybe bobby can just speak on it or somebody can just give us an answer on this right? but listen are, are we a development organization or not no like i'm completely with you i'm completely with you on yeah. that. this is very inconsistent yes with everything that yeah. they're they're trying to sell right so mm-hmm. so i guess we'll see jeff in a hoodie tomorrow then 
Does Jeff? So, I just, he's still so eligible. Is, is he legal to? Is, is this legal <laughs> is for him to legal? Do, this guy wants him arrested. <laughs> no, this guy wants him deported. No, What's going on? This guy said, "What is his immigrant status? No, I'm is just he saying. legal? <laughs> is he an illegal alien? Now? No, that's not what I'm saying. In at NBA all. arenas. Are what on, are you doing? We are on national television. No, no, no. Um, no, no I, I, I get what you're saying because I did find he's a strange. He's not on the team. Then what is he? What, what are you saying? But he was with the. But he was with them. He was allowed last night, right? Yeah. Like he was there yeah. when legally, <laughs> I don't want to use the word legally, when technically his contract expired. I, yeah, I, guess. I don't know. Does I he have know. to? And maybe someone to the Jordan Lloyd situation for the, the 2019 playoffs where he w- wasn't a okay. member of the Raptors anymore or something like right. that. Because two ways weren't eligible to play. I don't know. I mean, sure, to be honest. But anyways. Okay. That, maybe that we have to our... have another live show with, uh, with Bobby West. Yeah, that was our that's Jeff. That's we need, man. That concludes hey, man, the Jeff. end of. Jeff Down watch. I hope you get a shot somewhere else or you got a shot continuing with the Raptors next season. But unfortunately for the last couple of games here, you're not going to be here. But uh, well, that that's a good spot for a break. I've been your host, Will Lou, and you've been listening to the Raptors show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers Sportsbook award-winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus. Available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wayne Lou. I continue to be joined by producer and co-host, Alex Wong. What you got for us, Alex? Oh, was, um, Are you going to force us to talk about the CBA? Well, you know, I'm going to show you magic. Let's show you how to make a fun CBA conversation. But, but first, have you been watching the other basketball that's going on? Lots of races happening for the seedings in the West. Yeah, of course. I was catching a little bit of the Lakers-Clippers game yesterday. Mm. Seems like everybody's trying to avoid that five spot because Phoenix is locked in. To the number four seed, how much do you, how much stock do you put into the idea that the Suns haven't lost with KD yet? Now, obviously, uh, he's been injured for not, a lot of those. Not much, just because you're looking at the. I look at the teams that they've played. Right? They, right, right. Have they have they been in like a heavyweight match against like OKC okay, really was the team? closest to that. Yeah, um, I and also. Just, and by the way, KD just like money on threes. Oh uh, man, in that game, it was like not even a question if he was going to make some of those plays. So. No, the, the the thing is too, um, and I and I heard Brian Windhorse. Uh, front of the program uh, peddling this stat really on another podcast that's, a, that's another one-way relationship right <laughs> yeah, there man. I know. Jeez. um two ways yeah, no way. two-way contracts with Windhorse here yep uh we've been trying for two years um we have he says that he says that uh kd has like a 950 winning percentage in the last four months oh dating yeah, back right, to like right. brooklyn because they had, brooklyn had that like, like yeah but it eight, also ignores the fact that kd was out for two of those four months though yeah, like I mean, that's a real cherry pick stat. Man. Yeah, it's one of those. Stats. He's like that KD's a winner. No, but you know, remember, th- remember in the offseason <laughs> where we we're talking about do we trade for KD, and now mm. we're talking about do they convert Jeff Down's contract? Oh my God, how God, far are we done? Goodness, fell? man. <laughs> yeah, no, you, if you can't fall hard. If you can that. engage me in twelve Kef. minutes of NBA convo, you may escape uh, my segment on this. So let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see how you do, Will. Um, um, yeah. So okay, so the three teams in the West right now mm-hmm. that could potentially finish fifth: Clippers, Warriors. Lakers. 
and you know there's going to be a bunch of jostling um, yep. with these last couple. Which team, if you're Phoenix, which team do you think would be the toughest opponent? First off, I don't think Phoenix really wants to play any of those three teams. Yeah. Um, I think for Phoenix, um, the matchup that seems really bad for me is, is, is the Warriors because of how little continuity that uh, the Suns have. Mm-hmm. Clearly, obviously, having made a huge in-season trade, but also the fact that KD's been out for a lot of it. Like, I just wouldn't want to see the Warriors with all of their continuity in the first round. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think for the Suns, that's a team where I don't really worry about them getting maybe I honestly I don't worry as much about them getting out of the first round with any of those three opponents between the two L.A. teams and the Warriors. But especially that Warriors team, you know, that that is really tricky. I think for the Suns, they're going to build more experience together as the playoffs go on. It's going to have to be like a make it up on the fly situation. Mm-hmm. They obviously have the talent to do it. Um, they're also going to be really perimeter oriented and not going to go hard to the basket as much. And they're not going to be able to. Um, hit the offensive glass that hard. I feel like those are ways you want to attack the Warriors. So definitely, I'd, I would not want to see the Warriors in the first round. Um, I probably wouldn't want to see the Lakers that much either, just based on the fact that the Lakers obviously have been playing a lot better. Um, you know, there there is still definitely large question marks there. I still don't think LeBron's close to at his best. You know, even LeBron James of feet have not been able to bring the LeBron James of LeBron James back. Did you hear, did you hear recently after wins now in the Lakers locker room, um, teammates, as LeBron has been doing his post-game interviews, have been making goat noises. Yes, in the you have made me aware of this, and I'm, I'm serious. Like it, it'll be like LeBron will be like, "Yeah, you know, our rebounding really picked up in the second half." And in the background, you just hear like Austin Reeves being like, "Bah!" Like it's, you know, it's apparently, unbelievable, apparently, man. this is this was started by D'Angelo Russell. Got you, yeah, got yeah, you. Yeah. So you're saying you're saying okay, the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, even though LeBron's not, uh, I mean, clearly he's not fully healthy, even with the LeBron James of feet mm-hmm. helping him out. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's a good opponent there for Phoenix. Like those are all three really yeah. hard first round outs. You could say the Clippers because, you know, Paul George's uh, injury status is up in the air. Yeah, no, I, I think that's probably the team that you would look to, to face. Yeah. Cause I, I do feel like the, the Clippers, even though they have obviously great talent and of course um, they have Kawhi, mm-hmm. um, that, that probably is the team that you would want to go up against. I think that's kind of two really good jump shooting teams going up against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, look, based on the last time, um, obviously the Kawhi. Yeah. Ka- yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, the best part uh, about that clip is it can apply to any hey, conversation man, that we're having. You can play that clip until <laughs> until May 1st. And then afterwards, it's going to take a different context. Derek. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You can play that one ever, man. You have my forever. <laughs> you have my for- forever permission. But, no, I mean, I think for um, – for for the Clippers, like th- that would be a great matchup to see. Like for us as fans, I think that's probably the one I really want to see the most. KD versus Kawhi. I mean, have they had like a like a one on one like both at their like peak level matchup against each other? That was supposed to happen in twenty nineteen, obviously, but it obviously yeah, it didn't. happened for one quarter in the yeah. finals. Right. Unfortunately, so. no. But I mean, if you frame it that way, I mean, you're either gonna get KD versus Steph. KD versus Kawhi or KD versus LeBron? No, I, in man, the first round. You know, Adam Silver is just just giggling. <laughs> Adam, yeah, Adam He's Silver's just giggling like, to himself, man. No, but I, I think the Phoenix thing will be so interesting because I, I I cannot think of another example of a team that's just gonna go into the playoffs having played like eight games together. Yeah, you and know, just gotta figure it out on the fly. The, the weirdest thing is, I feel like they would have ra- like the Suns would have rather faced the number one seeded Denver Nuggets than any of those three teams in it's, the first round. It's true though, and and I it's think the, so. No, it's a weird it, year, man. No, the the standings feel kind of inverted because teams are looking at a Denver, looking at Memphis and Sacramento, the top three teams. Yeah, and I think a lot of teams want to end up in that sixth spot. Yeah, to play Sacramento. And um, my working theory is, you know, I think if the Lakers end up in the six, which very likely they could, yeah, 
I think the Lakers are going to make the conference finals, man. Yeah. Like they I can see that. I mean, because that sure. Everybody's not going to pick Sacramento because of their defense and experience. They should. That's, that's a yeah. really good reason. To. And, and also, by the way, I think that like the Lakers have the kind of size to really neutralize. Yes. Like the bonus in down low. And if you can neutralize that, that kind of leverages out a lot of their opportunities to shoot from the wing too. So. Yes. Yeah, so bonus might not be in, in, in the bonus in, in that case, mm-hmm. but it's like you get in that three, six bracket and then you get to play probably Memphis in the second round. Like yeah. a Sacramento Memphis um, to get to the conference finals, that is probably the cleanest path for for any of these teams to to get to the conference finals. Oh yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if if the Lakers are in the conference finals. They're playing this new like upgraded roster. It just feels like a much better team. Yeah, I mean, I, I do have some question in terms of like, okay, are they s- still able to shoot? I, yeah, I, yeah, I'm still not sold on their shooting, but that's not like the feature of their team. The feature of their team is how much pressure they put on the rim. LeBron, AD, even Austin Reeves is a really good um, foul you know, drawer and stuff like that. I mean, we saw one mm-hmm. of his best games against Toronto, obviously, when, when the Raptors had uh, that game in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I'm 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 really excited to see just the Western Conference class. I'm actually more excited to see that than the East because I feel like the, in the Eastern Conference, like outside of probably what's going to be Celt- uh, uh, Sixers, or not Sixers, um, Cavs versus... Uh, oh, Cavs-Knicks? Knicks in the first round. That's going to be fun. Is there going to yeah. be another good first-round series? Like, I'm looking forward to the second round for sure in the, in the Eastern conference, but mm-hmm. the first round, is there going to be an interesting matchup that you see? Um, no, that's a really good point. I mean, I'm looking at the three, six between the Sixers and the nets. I don't think that's going to be no much of a series. Again, that's going to be a really good opportunity for them to have a chill first round. Yeah. Cause no offense to the nets, but I, I really think that the Sixers, if they play their game, mm-hmm. they should beat them in no more than five games. Well, I think that's the other thing that people maybe don't think about as much when it comes to the playing tournament format too, is like a lot of these teams are in the playoff proper, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to get the whole week off next week, right? Yeah, so yeah, then you yeah. get the week off yep. and then assuming you have a short series in the first round, you're really chilling for like two weeks, right? And then you get to, you know, rest some of your players, like get them some extra rest. Cause like James Harden has been dealing with this injury, mm-hmm. Achilles, I think, and things like that. But yeah, the second round I think is, is, is going to be way more interesting, but yeah, I think too. I think too is like I look at the two number one seeds. So like Milwaukee's locked up the number one seed in yep. the East. Denver's got the number one seed in the West. Like Denver, like Milwaukee's got a pretty clear path. I, I would say to to the conference finals. Yeah, right. Like they're gonna play the number eight. You should, by the way, when you're yeah, the yeah, number yeah. one seed. But yeah. for Denver, yeah, they don't have that. No, because Denver is looking at Phoenix or whoever beats Phoenix in the second round. Yeah, and I don't even know. Denver's if they're looking gonna... at a tough matchup even in the first round. No offense, but yeah, yeah, but I don't um. Yeah, I, I I don't think a lot of people are going to be picking Denver to come out come out of the West. Just yeah, because I mean their their play is struggling recently too. Mm-hmm. I mean like last night for example, I, I know Jokic has been in and out, and, and and even the whole like Nuggets as a group haven't really been playing in and great. out. Copyright Nick Nurse. Oh yeah, yeah. what's what's the in <laughs> and out? Copyright that. Yo man, forget get, forget Raptors giving you fifty burgers, man. Nick Nurse giving you in and out burgers. <laughs> Yo, that's wild. <laughs> I can't believe it. He really said in and out score. Um, yeah, but the Nuggets like they they have been struggling. They have been struggling yeah. recently, man. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I because no matter who comes out of the plane, right, like even let's say, for example, we get Miami winning against the Hawks in the 7-8, which is no guarantee, mm-hmm. um, and they play against the Boston Celtics. Do you yeah. feel like they're going to give the Celtics that same kind of like seven game, I don't. knock it out? You I, know? Think, I think Jimmy Jimmy's probably going to take a game from that series. But, I mean, even look at 
the way we we saw Boston like yesterday. Even they added the more depth too, more Boston guards. Boston scoring. to me, Milwaukee, Boston, and even Philly are just on another level. Yeah, it's very clear yeah. to me. I think yeah. Miami is just based on reputation at this point. For sure, they're not even playing great basketball, even heading down the stretch here. Um, you know, let's say if one of Atlanta, Toronto, or Chicago goes up against Milwaukee, do they have a chance? Like maybe not a chance to make it a tough series, mm-hmm. but like, can they even? There's any chance of an upset with those three guys. Well, you've seen, you've seen the. I think you played a clip from Reggie Miller too recently. Yeah. Um, how he was hyping up. Oh, nobody wants to see the Raptors. Mm. Nick Nurse is a championship coach. There's two out of eighteen guys on this team with championship yeah. experience. Again, the Raptors are being talked about too. Uh, I think by the U.S. media just based on reputation. From no, like years I, ago. I think the Raptors look like a really, really tough opponent on paper, on paper right? Because yeah. you're like, yeah. they got all those wings and they're going to really lock down a defense. And, you know, obviously they have all stars and guys like that. But I think when you see them in practice and you see like, okay, here's the second unit. Chris Boucher is bringing the ball up off a rebound. He's going to mm. input it to Precious Achua in the post. He Precious is not going to take his opportunity there. He's going to swing it back out. They're going to run a pick and roll. And they're going to try to get the ball the other side, but they're going to go right back to Precious in the post in the exact same spot. And he takes a jab step mid-range jumper like Melo <laughs> style with seven seconds left of the clock and he misses it. Yeah. And the other team breaks the other way off the rebound. Mm. Once you see it happen versus on paper, you'll understand like what people in Toronto have also seen out of this group. Yeah. Man. Practice. Coming. Yeah. Damn. Man, I kept saying, I kept telling myself this last couple months that when the play-in tournament comes, I'm going to be excited and can't lie. No, I'll exists. be hyped for that one playing game for sure. So it's going to be us versus the the the, the Bulls, and of course we'll have lots of time to uh, preview this. Yes, in fact, we're already lining up interviews. Yeah, yeah, we'll on have the Chicago side. cool previews next week. But yeah, we basically have a week to think about the Bulls, to think about you know the play-in demon Patrick Beverly. You know, you, you did say a couple of weeks ago that it's you know the, the Bulls are going to win the play-in at Scotiabank, and then he's going to jump. Right in front of Matt Devlin. Oh, yeah. That is now officially in play. Oh, Matt. Yeah, get ready, is, man. Get ready, man. When he does play. that, pants him. You know what? I got to tip <laughs> Push my... Push him off the table. Yo. Don't let him stand on your turf, I, I Matt. I got to tip my headband oh. to you, man. You escaped the CBA allegations Yo, I, I was willing to talk about whatever <laughs> you wanted. so good. To not talk I wanna CBA, add, I want to add in one more thing before you wrap up, just gotcha, to let gotcha, you know. Yep. So the NBA, um, I don't know if you know, some of their game-worn jerseys go on auction, like online. Like, you can purchase sure, them. Like, you know, the money, I'm sure, goes to, like, charitable you know funds and things like that i was browsing on that site yesterday and the game worn jersey from the slam dunk contest uh, of jericho sims is available right now and the oh, latest really? bid was like 300 dollars. that's worth it so i'm just that's... letting you know man i would bid on that if it came with the paper yo, the I, I would i would bid on it yo honestly i would bid just 300 dollars on that piece of ripped paper that says 50 yeah. but anyway we're running out of time Thanks, everyone, for listening. I've been your host, Willie, and you've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Thanks once again our producer and co-host, Alex Wong, our board producer, Derek Brandel, and Jennifer Olnick for helping on the YouTube stream. We will be back to talk about The Raptors tomorrow.